Hello, everybody. It is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow with a episode. Um, we're going to go with Mavs Moneyball After Dark this uh, for this one because we're recording at night, and it's been I don't know a couple weeks since we talked. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a while. Got to dust off the cobwebs a little bit. I can't remember the last time we talked on on here specifically, so I'm doing all right. Yeah, and and it really is like a cobwebs type thing. You know, we get these uh, with us working with SB Nation. We get these kind of you know directional points where they're like hey you should consider this as a theme and one of the things you know for the last week is basically you know bringing people back in to to the fold because you know for our traffic everybody's views everything's been kind of in the in the ground for you know two months just because there's not been anything to say and frankly people aren't really on the web as much about this sort of stuff and so this last week was you know we decided to really crank up uh and say all right what you know we're getting people back into the season it's not a season preview it's not you know that sort of thing we have enough content to like push back on but honestly it's been such a long time since there's been basketball like 110 days or something like that that it's almost as long as like a normal off season so you know we, we really dipped back in immediately like you wrote uh kind of the kickoff story this week uh, about the the storylines you know to be paying attention to as we head back into these is there one of those uh out of the four you know that you touched on and i recommend everybody go look for it i'm going to link to it if you haven't read it yet is there one of those four that you think about you know more than the others like that's that's kind of your priority uh probably the one about three-point shooting because i think that's not just going to be a mavericks thing i think that's going to be like everyone is going to be looking at that Mm-hmm. Um, especially like, you know, before the season started, we were all wondering, okay, where are they going to get the shooting? You know, there's just not enough proven shooters. Uh, and then, you know, lo and behold, Maxi Kleba, Tim Hardaway Jr., Dorian Finney-Smith are all shooting career highs this season. And that's great. Uh, but what do those guys look like in this environment that is completely new and it's completely foreign? You know, I, I would take a wager that none of these guys have played in the environment they're about to play in right now. And I'm not even just talking about fanless, but just like these actual courts and the buildings and like being in there. Like uh, I wrote it in the story, but these guys are professional athletes, but they're not robots. And it's not necessarily automatic that with the Mavericks are going to tip off and Hardaway Jr. is going to be shooting 42% from three uh, in these eight games. It's a short amount of games. You know, what if he has a cold stretch? It's, it's just, it's just very interesting because that's the Mavericks identity. That's everything. Like I think a big part of their success uh, this season, besides, you know, the monumental leap from Luca and getting KP bet KP into the fold is they are shooting above their weight. I would say from three, they're the eighth best three point shooting team in the league. I don't think me and you would have said they would have sniffed the top 10. I think, you know, we knew that they would shoot a lot, but I don't think we thought they would be in the top 10 and that's, I think that's a big reason why they're successful. And I'm just curious to see how that shakes out in Orlando because it's got to be weird for these guys. That's a really interesting point about where they're playing because, you know, I remember the first time I ever played in a big enough gym to where there wasn't like a gym wall right behind the the court. Oh, yeah, where people could actually sit behind the basket. Yeah. And there's like like the depth perception issues that arose <laughs> like it's it, it's like why at the ncaa tournament when they play in like this you know like the astrodome or whatever you watch these guys shoot like 35 percent from the field because it's just so weird these really are going to be kind of like high school gyms and it, that's that's something i hadn't considered now i still expect them 
Like these are NBA players. These guys right, are right. It, it's, it's not going to be catastrophic. Of, yeah. Right. It, it's but it's still going to be worth watching because you know I'm just going to be curious. If we're going to see the sample because eight games is is you know a tenth of the season more or less. So if these guys are shooting within range of where they were, then I'm going to be feeling pretty good about heading into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so the next thing I had, and I just kind of went through our sites because we've, you know, we've actually written a lot for, for uh, doing stuff. I was kind of, you know, surprised. We are, our, our <laughs> new guy, Ryan put together a short piece because Avery Johnson of all people was back in the pseudo news talking about how the Mavericks are a team to watch out for. Did you happen to watch the video at all? I have not watched the video. I just saw the tweet. It's incredible in the sense of I, I remember I haven't thought about Avery Johnson in like any tangible sense in a really long time. It was nice to hear his voice as odd as that sounds, because his voice was one of the more annoying things about him, but it was, it's kind of fun just to hear him, uh, you know, root for, for the home team. He, he never, he did never say Rick Carlisle's name, which was low key incredible um, in the video. (laughs) Cause Rick is a big part of their success, but I thought that was funny to me. Um, well, the next thing I had then is, is again, Ryan, uh, Mainville wrote a piece for us about his 12 favorite plays so far of the season. And I wanted to know if you had a favorite of your own, man, if I had a favorite of my own, mm, oh, you're putting me on the spot here. Um, Honestly, when I, I think going through the like going through the list because I had to kind of jog my memory, I really like the one that Ryan put of uh, Luca's alley oop to Dorian Finney Smith, just because I keep watching the pass and how Luca just the release point and like the touch and like the tra- the trajectory of the ball almost looks like a video game in the way like mm-hmm. you know when you're playing 2K and you make the pass and the ball like. You know, it's going like it's locked in, like almost like a heat-seeking missile, like it's going to go to the destination, and that's almost what it looks like in this clip. And I kind of forgot about that play. I don't remember it. Like I just don't remember it because a lot of brain cells have been killed in the last three months. So, but like it's it's just really cool if you can if you can go to the side and look at it. It's against the Spurs and Luca. You know, Dorian gets a back uh, back screen and gets an alley oop, which the Mavs really love doing using misdirection with KP setting screens and things like that. And Luca just like, it's a perfect feathery loft right into uh, Finney Smith's hands. And I really like that. Uh, that's the one I, rem- that's, I, I, it's hard for me to remember, but that one kind of stood out to me because I just love, I love watching Luca pass. It's one of my favorite things to do. So I really, I'm going to go with a completely opposite direction because okay. watching Luca pass is outstanding, but he used two plays that I've just been staring at. One is the Porzingis pass to like a back cutting Luca for a dunk. And the other is this wild behind the back pass from Curry penetrating and uh, Luca cutting baseline and getting a pass and dunking as well. And the reason I focused on those two is your and I's bugaboo. And really, I, 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 I'm pretty sure this is just going to be the theme of the 2020 offseason once it happens is us like howling for the Mavericks to find a ball handler that they're comfortable with giving up some of these plays because Luca is really good off the ball. He just mm-hmm. knows what to do. And, you know, as, as crazy as he, as he is with the ball, 
I just think that that they require so much of him, and I really enjoy watching it. But just you know, these you know, Luca dunks like Luca doesn't dunk, and then he has two of them in this because he's you know getting free off ball. So I'm sitting here thinking in my head, what if they do this just a little bit more? I mean, with Curry, it's it's kind of hard to do because Curry's a point guard, but that man is sloppy with the basketball. It's a family trait, I, I believe. Um, as good as they are at <laughs> shooting, they're also really good at coughing the ball up. But, you know, that's just those those were kind of my favorites because I really like watching because, you know, Luca with the ball makes defenses panic and somehow Luca without the ball makes them forget that he exists. Yeah, because they, I think the, uh, the the expectation level of what the Mavericks supporting cast can do has is that's kind of the scouting report. It's like, hey, just let them do whatever. And yeah, uh, you just don't consider what Luca does without the ball because he just doesn't. I mean, holy crap, he has the ball just about every possession. He finishes almost every possession when he's on the floor. Uh, but I'm right with you. I mean, how many times have we been on this podcast and I talk about I wish I could see Lucas set screens more because he's just so unique, you know, being six seven and his size and skill and touch. Like, I would love to see him catch the ball on a short roll after setting a screen and, like, having those Draymond Green four-on-three situations, you know, when he gets behind the defense. Like, I'm I'm dying for that, and I'm hoping that's just – something that gets added to his tool chest uh, down the line. Makes sense. Well, so our guy Sam wrote a great piece today about numbers to know when the Mavericks restart in Orlando. I basically badgered him into doing this because I very much wanted him to talk about lineup data, which I'm going to circle back to in a second. But I had a question because there's one of these that I don't entirely understand. So the Mavericks have a negative 16.1 net rating in the clutch. Could you walk me through this, this section? Like what I know, I, I know it's bad, like negative anything bad, but like, could, could you kind of like put this in context for me as a person who is sometimes not great at explaining numbers verbally? Uh, well, I guess consider that the Mavericks regular season net rating, which is, you know, offensive rating minus defensive rating, right? Their regular season uh, net rating is 5.8. And mm-hmm. that is what is that? That's six. One of the, the best league. in the league. Yeah, right. And that's sixth in the league. And that's 5.8. Uh, the worst teams in the league, you're probably... I mean, you're not going to see – you're going to see negative, but you're – like negative 16.1 is like catastrophic, like Charlotte <laughs> Bobcats levels of ineptitude that over the course of a regular season, like the league would have to like like come in and step in and be like, okay, this can't happen. Like something's got to change. Like that's – it's a level of performance that is just – you don't really see from a team over the course of the season because it's so bad. And, you know, obviously with the clutch, it's such a small sample size that you can kind of have these little outrageous numbers. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just kind of – it's putrid. It's kind of hard to so say just how bad time, And, again, I, people are going to make fun of me for this because we're in a basketball podcast. I am a 10-year into this basketball writer. Clutch time is essentially within five points – the score is within five points within five minutes left in the game. That's that's basically clutch time. And the Mavericks absolutely fall apart in a nearly, I mean, it has to be almost like historic way because they actually play a fair number of clutch time games. Yeah. And then to put it more perspective, the Golden State Warriors have the worst net rating in the league and they're at minus 8.6. So (laughs) that like, it's just there. It really sums up just kind of how 
that's their thing. Like, and that's going to be curious to see how that, how that looks in Orlando. I have no idea what, like of all the weirdness, like how, how is that going to look like a playoff game with no fans in a neutral site in a high school gym? Like everyone keeps talking about like, okay, well, the Mavericks got to be ready for, they got to solve the clutch thing because of these playoff environment, playoff atmosphere, these playoff situations. And it's like, that it's going to feel weird. Cause it's like, not going to be that like, you know, it's just, it's going to be hard for me to like shake the exhibition game feel that these games are going to look like. And I wonder if that translates to the intensity or how the players react on the court. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's so wild that they're this good on offense as a team. Yeah. Yes. And I'm remembering something. I don't remember who wrote it for us, but essentially I believe that Lucas at one point in the year, Luca's 2018 2019 clutch time shooting percentage was like 45 to 46 percent for the field. Oh, yeah, I wrote it. You wrote that, it's outstanding, but it's like it's 10 points lower this year. Like that almost sums up every problem they're having with the guy who has the ball the most kind of collapsing into one thing. And they did, they did improve a little bit down the stretch, but the, the, the body of work is just not not great <laughs> yeah it's it's the thing we've you know it's not hard to it's not that hard to diagnose you know it's the it's everyone watch a luca dribble for 15 to 20 seconds and then he takes a step back three and misses like that's <laughs> that's what the offense is in the in, in clutch time so they just got to figure out a way to break that kind of habit that they lean on because they lean on luca for so much well and and the other number that i really wanted to talk about and, and this is why i mean i made sam write the whole piece just because i keep talking about it and I know, you know, other sites have talked about it. Our friend Dalton has too, because we just like, it's kind of like guffaw inducing to think that the Mavericks most played lineup uh, has 205 total minutes together in 67 games. And it features a guy who was hurt in January. So <laughs> like I, I kind of hold my, my, like my theory of Maverick playoff success is that if they're going to become something, it's going to be because no one actually knows what the Ma- like they they know what the Mavericks are good at in broad strokes, but there can't be enough tape on these guys. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it's it's kind of bizarre, and a lot of it was because of the, what the first month of the season, Rick was just like mad scientist peak levels of taking things out, putting them in, changing things up. Uh, so yeah, you're, I don't know, like you might, I think you might be onto something there, uh, but there might be just enough tape, I guess, you know, people kind of know, you know, with Luca and KP, they've played enough. I wonder if it's the role players that have a chance to sneak up on teams because they just don't have as much, you know, there's just not as much out there on the, on those guys. Like, you know, your Hardaway juniors, your Finney Smiths, your Curry's, your DeLon Wright's like, I wonder those guys might have more of a chance since those guys, they've, they've been the ones who've usually been interchanged and the minutes have been weird. You know, Luca and KP have been kind of the constant and then everyone else has just been rotating in at, at, at an alarming rate throughout the season. So I, I just kind of, maybe that's where it, the advantage is if there is one. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I volunteered to write the a piece kind of updating people with where the Mavericks were in relation to injuries and you had the 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 pleasure of somehow editing a thousand words for me because can you believe the Mavericks had a thousand words worth of injuries like that's that's like my first thing 
I mean, were there any, you know, when you were editing and writing and reading my piece, were there any in there that made you go, wait, that like happened? I don't remember this. Yeah, I think we said it in Slack, but definitely Seth Curry. Totally forgot he didn't play the last like three or so games, I think. I with an injury, and then I didn't know that the final game against Denver. It was like right in the first half, and we were like, "Oh no!" But the world was falling apart, so it didn't. Like we never, we didn't even talk about it in post game. Yeah, I even got it wrong here. I I still can't remember it right. It's yeah, I just totally, totally blanked my brain. Um, I remember him being banged up at the beginning of the season because I was actually at 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 some of the early games and talked to him about it. He like. Uh, cut open his his hand on a garage door when those tornadoes came through Dallas trying to close up his house. Uh, So that kind of got him off to that weird funk at the beginning of the season. Um, Forgot about the Tim. Oh, go ahead. I didn't write about that at all. I forgot that it happened. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he didn't miss he, cause he didn't miss any games technically, but uh, because of it, Uh, I totally forgot about the Hardaway hamstring. I don't know why, but totally forgot about that one. Um, but the fact that he only missed a couple, like hamstrings, can kind of get you. Like I, I think, man, like imagine if he had a serious Dwight, Powell. Dwight yeah. Powell hurt is yeah, and and the one that I had totally forgotten about was Porzingis breaking his nose, and oh and, yeah, because I'm like, look, I was like, I remember when he hurt his knee, but when did this nose break happen? And the fact that Porzingis. Uh, came back the first dit from his knee injury the same game that Powell tore his Achilles tendon. Like yep. these guys just haven't had any time to play together, you know. Which which brings me back. I want to circle back to one more number that that Sam had the had the the good sense to look into, and I just can't believe this. It it doesn't mean much, but I still wanted to at least touch base on it. The winning percentage when. You know, when Luca and Porzingis were sharing the floor healthy to start the year was they they won. Uh, what's it say here? They were 17 and eight before Luca went down with that first ankle sprain in mid-December. And I don't want to be the guy that's actually you know what I do because I'm like the negative guy. It's pretty phenomenal that they were like on a place to be able to j- just start crushing teams. And then Luca hurt himself and things kind of went down. You know, they basically played 500 ball from December 14th on. So I, I just think it's pretty incredible that this team, I-, I feel like, like I'm getting a little hyped up for this, this tournament format that there's, you know, this kind of like bubble format in terms of what the Mavericks might be able to do, because I, I think teams believe that Luca is good and Porzingis is good but I, I would get the feeling that, you know, them as a, you know, current seventh seed in the West, they're probably being underlooked just enough. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and they've got, you know, they're young. And if they're a team that, like, you think about going into a strange environment, maybe it helps. You know, Luka doesn't play in an NBA playoff game and neither is KP. So I don't know. Maybe that's kind of an advantage because they don't really know what they're missing. Uh, but I don't know. It's, I keep coming. I know I sound like a broken record, but it's just weird. I just don't know. Don't know what else to say. I feel like everything we say has to be qualified with, well, this is weird and can be completely wrong. And and the exact opposite could happen because it's entirely wrong to predict. Oh yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. I mean, I've, I'm slow rolling our, our content for a reason because there's like 40 things I want us to write about, but we have a month and one of those things for me is, is, is I'm just like, you know, the Mavericks are very well, they're like a game and a half back from the sixth seed. 
they could very well go on a run. They could also walk out and get stomped by the Rockets in the first game, and maybe yeah. all of our optimism is for nothing. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Man, I'm looking back because you talked about what they were before when Luca got his first injury. Mm-hmm. Man, they were. You were right. They were on some kind of tear. I think they would won. They played four. I think they won twelve out of fourteen or something like that. Right before Luca got hurt, like or, yeah, that, yeah. I, that's just curious. I mean, because and this lineup that they figured out with Pal out hasn't had enough. You know, it's been playing a lot, but it hasn't had maybe enough time to simmer as much as we want. Like you're right. I mean, anything could happen. They could. This lineup could be like, oh, they've unlocked the Pandora. They've opened Pandora's box or something. Or like you said, they could get run off the court july 31st right well a couple more things then we'll get on out of here so my rick carlisle did a zoom uh press conference yesterday which the illustrious staff of mavs moneyball was conveniently not invited to but uh we're gonna we're gonna figure this out guys we're war serious reporters you hear us mm-hmm. um and anyways but carlisle did the carlisle thing where what makes him you know you had a tweet the night that the league got shut down that was i can't remember the specifics of it but it just nails it to where rick is such a coach like he'd be an incredible college football coach because he's just oblivious to everything that's happening around him in the world where it's just like there could be a nuclear attack and he'd say well we played some great defense tonight i'm not really sure what's happening out there but i feel great about our performance and he (laughs) kind of did that again yesterday where he's he's just like you know this could really be great for us (laughs) (laughs) a pandemic could be the best thing that's ever happened to mavericks basketball i mean i I do i do envision him doing like like weird bed checks i know that's not actually going to happen but like rick carlisle camp counselor is something that that i kind of like latch onto because he's just so stern all the time i don't know and then you know today luca uh obviously what's wrong with me uh, he he gave a, a pretty lengthy interview, you know, as far as Luca lengthy interviews go, and and you know he had some some nice quotes about just how weird this is going to be, and that's something that I think I'm guessing for you was probably a little bit refreshing because there's a lot of this has been you know kind of put together and it's almost like in the face of logic where it's like all these things are happening and there's not enough acknowledgement of how strange this is. And Luca just coming out there and saying, yeah, this is going to be really weird. It was kind of nice to read. Yeah, it was like a nice little, like, reality check. Like, it, it was, it felt less like the, you know, we've got enough of the rah-rah, the, the world needs the NBA back because we all need to come together as a, as a as a community. Like, we get it, right. but <laughs> it's weird. Like, just, it's okay to say it, and, and he said it. So, it, it it makes sense for him, too, because he doesn't give a – shit about interviews and he will just say whatever so it made sense for him to be the guy that said it it's pretty good well one more thing before we go what are you doing with yourself oh i've got a squeaky chair huh how is josh killing time that's what i want to know oh how is josh killing time oh man uh we just marathon through the last of us part two um They just came out for the PlayStation 4. Uh, sequel to probably one of my favorite games ever of like all time. I managed Megan is a is an interesting gamer. Uh, I don't know if I would even call her a gamer, but she plays a 
it's hard to get get a gauge of what games she'll play and what she won't. Uh, and when she doesn't want to play something, you know, she makes that decidedly clear. And uh, for The Last of Us, I'd been begging her for it because it came out in like 2013. So it's been out the whole time we've been together. And I've been begging her to be like, just give it a chance. I know you don't want to play it, but like, just I'll play through it. You can sit, just like experience the story and the characters sure. and, and everything. And she's been hesitant because she doesn't want to sit and watch me play a game for for. 15, 20 hours, and we finally did it. Because what else are we gonna do? We did it like like a month ago, and she was like into it, like totally into the characters, totally into the story. Uh, got to the point where we finished the first game, and then I think the second game was like a week or so from coming out, and she was like looking at trailers and and reading theory. You know, not reading. I don't know if she's reading fan theories, but just reading about the game and stuff. So. We plowed through that. It got to the point where she would message me at work and be like, "Okay, like let's play." And we, she would get home, from, <laughs> like she would get home from work, and usually, our the when we first started playing, it was like we would start at like seven thirty, eight after dinner. And I think once we got to a certain point in the game, and the story was just picking up, and we, it was like a page turner, we kind of had to know where it, it would go. We were starting like at 5 30 5 30 like get home she'd change let the dogs out and she'd be like all right let's go we'll order dinner or we'll just we'll eat snacks or something like i don't care well i gotta see how this ends so i like that yeah i know it's been fun you know we've got we've redone my office a little bit to put some uh recliner like a two two seater love seat recliner thing in there so we're comfy so it's actually it's been nice like we've been doing that that's kind of consumed us for the last week and a half and Otherwise, just, you know, doing everything what everyone else is doing, just sitting around watching TV and, you know, going to the grocery store occasionally, that kind of stuff. Well, I, I, have, I have big news for okay. you. Okay. I'm doing something, and I'm surprised you haven't called me on it. Maybe you just haven't noticed. I am attempting an entire Halo playthrough. I have seen like that. a decade. I'm playing a couple <laughs> levels at a time. Um, I finished, we're still, I'm still on Halo 1, but I, I, you know, it's, it's something else to play a game that's this old and this good. Um, I know, it's the very, up. the music is so much better than everything else. I, I mean, like, like other, I mean, like other forms of media, like the music in Halo is significantly better than entire other like games that I play. So it's it's really wild, just kind of revisiting that. That's been kind of fun. Are you gonna go all the way through? Because I know I don't know. Have you played like the new, like the like four or five? Like did I you? Get four, I don't remember what happens. That's fair because the story's a little wonky. Yeah. Um, but the goal is to kind of you know just see how far we can get because you know the the new Xbox comes out in November, Halo Infinite, and I'm gonna do my best to avoid spoilers there because I probably won't play it for a while, but it's it's been it's been fun it's just it's it's nice you know anybody that like plays video games at all knows that like like good controls are the sort of thing you only notice when you're playing a game that has bad controls and it's it's yeah it's been very very wild to kind of experience that other than that you know my, my wife and i are are watching you know a little bit of tv here and there i i i made her uh do a rewatch of uh, she hadn't seen it, but I had. I watched The Watchmen on HBO, and it's only nine episodes, and it's such a peculiar show that execute like once you get through like when you it it, it makes you think it's about this thing because it's you know ostensibly an extension of you know the graphic novel, 
it it pot like the first two or three episodes make you you know think oh well you're still living in this comic book world but it's really about something else entirely and then when you get to that section of the series it's like a three episode tour de force of storytelling where it's like oh this is really really good and so i don't know i i I recommend it for anybody like remotely interesting, but it's so weird. Like that's why I don't know. That's kind of why I'm into it. Yeah, no, that's I've. It's one of those things where you know I'm bad with TV. I don't watch TV, and I just I, you give me a thousand suggestions, and I just it just enters one ear and goes out the other. Even though I understand that it's it's not like me trying to like poop. <laughs> me. It just doesn't. It just doesn't happen. It's, I just can't get my brain to do it. Uh, so that, and that's one of the ones that I'm like I gotta probably get out of my TV watching funk to at least get through that. And it's only nine episodes. It's not like a huge commitment. It's not like I gotta catch up on four right. seasons or something. So that's that's right. something I gotta. I just I gotta do. I just well, I I have been thinking about because you know you're a big Christopher Nolan Batman movies thing, and I've. Uh, one thing I, I've made an extreme number of Bane references in my personal <laughs> life the past probably like three weeks because I, you know, I, I've, I've got my four-year-old wearing a mask when he goes places. And I posted this very bad photo of him on Instagram the other day where he's wearing a mask and it said the Bane quote, nobody knew, nobody knew who I was until I put on the mask. <laughs> and I don't, that's probably not even the quote, but it killed me just and you know, that's, that's the fun part about having children. <laughs> well, well, I think you and I are probably going to try to touch base again next week. You know, we got another, well, uh, somehow we have another like week of content ahead because the the good folks at MavsMoneyBall.com have been pitching me ideas, and we have like four or five articles on the back burner that I'm kind of you know rolling out as we get more and more interest in the season. I think that you know as weird as this is going to be, I do think like the concept on itself like there's going to be days of basketball. It's going to be like we if they actually get it together if this happens by July there's going to be like a wall of basketball content. That's going to be like, on it. it's going to be like the NCAA tournament on steroids. So. Yeah. I yeah, That's, that'll be the, that will be the fun part of it. Just, just like a deluge of games, just like flooding us so that we don't even have to like, think about like, Oh, there's just games like we, and there's, it'll just present itself to talk about, write about, distract us, whatever, whatever needs to happen. Well, thank you for joining me, guys. Yep. This has been Kurt Anderson and Josh Bow. Do you have anything else before we go? Uh, no. Uh, thank God it's a three-day weekend, and it's weird to say that when you are you never leave the house anyway, but I cannot wait to just go to bed and not turn on the alarm and, and see where the weekend takes me. Uh, well, you have a good, safe holiday. Have a few <laughs> drinks. Lord knows I'll do the same, and we'll talk mm-hmm. soon. All right. Sounds good. All right. Have a good weekend, guys.